Welcome to the Solid Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Curry, licensed marriage and family therapist. SolidMan.com is an ongoing conversation designed to empower men to master the art of being a man. Hey, this is the group lesson number four. It's to awaken the internal. This is part two of the solution. This is what we're going to be talking about today is the internal resources, which are pretty freaking awesome. So, to be a solid, integrated, masculine man, you must have an internal point of reference. Your internal resources. The life of a solid man is motivated and expressed from the realities inside his being. These inner realities have depth, substance, and structure, which define define his character and essence. Since we have been trained to disregard our inner workings, we don't follow the guidance we receive from inside of us. There's a disconnect inside of us. This chapter will outline significant aspects of our brilliant inner workings to give you some concrete pathways to begin your journey of listening and following your internal resources. We have lost the fine art of listening to ourselves. When considering how we have been built, the idea of dualism is often a defining factor. Dualism is the belief that there are two parts of the human, usually one part higher and the other part lower or less valuable. For instance, Because of how dualism has influenced philosophy and theology, our sexual or physical parts have been seen as less important than the spiritual or intellectual. The physical is base or perverse, and the spiritual or intellectual is sacred and more valuable. Dualism creates a dichotomy which eliminates the capacity to respect and honor all parts of our inner workings. The solid man process seeks to eliminate dualism in all of its forms so that we can be free to trust and regard all parts of our being. This holistic foundation sees humans as whole and complete. This is also non-pathological in that this process is not looking to find out what's wrong with you but it's based on the fact that you have good internal resources already inside of you. So, many theories about people and relationships today are based on pathological thought that something is wrong with you. The passion to these professionals is to find out what needs to be fixed or what pill will eliminate the symptom. I'm sure you've experienced that. The primary internal resources that I will be outlining are your wisdom, heart, soul, mind, and strength. While there are many ways to explain or teach the various aspects of who we are as humans, for clarity, I've just chosen these primary aspects 
as important to this process. The goal of this process is to recover our ability to listen to and to follow your core internals. This process can become overly complex, but my goal is to be as simple as possible so it will be easier for you to understand, so you can begin to master the art of listening to yourself. The primary thing is to remember to check in. Wisdom, the real boss. Integration of your internal processes develops wisdom. Wisdom increases through gathering vital information in order to make good choices. Wisdom is gained through experience as you take in knowledge and common sense in order to create positive outcomes in your life. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from others' mistakes. Wisdom embodies life. It encapsulates our intellect, common sense, action, and intention. You know wisdom when you see it. True wisdom resonates with your soul and just feels right. Wisdom often has a sense of ancient depth. It's been carried through from one generation to the next in unexplainable ways. People and communities carry wisdom in their midst. Wisdom is a relational, spiritual, and intellectual process of knowing the right way to move. Wisdom incorporates all aspects of internal process and translates it into action and movement. Wisdom is the main process of the internally referenced life. Wisdom is what we will seek as we listen to our core internals for the purpose of living a good life of freedom. Wisdom often comes packaged as common sense or the ability to have good judgment in practical manners. Common sense often seems to flow from your internal intuitive process. It seems the more you have to think about something, the less common sense is there. So gather as much earthly and spiritual wisdom as you can and lock it into your internal grid. Wisdom will come from you from scriptures, from wise people, from metaphors, science, observing the world, listening, from good stories, from experience, just about anywhere. When you see true wisdom, embrace it and don't let it go. Use the wisdom you gather for action that increases your well-being and for the benefit of everyone around you. Wisdom will guide you to develop a strong life. When you find it, keep hold of it deeply within you. This is what is meant in the Psalms when the poet says to God, Your word I have hid in my heart, that I may not sin against you. He takes the wisdom and understanding from the words that God has given him into his deep internal resources, there to guide him and direct his choices, allowing deep truths of life to lock in to your internal matrix is essential as you move through life. Wisdom is much more than knowing something. It couples physical, emotional, and spiritual parts of us, parts that experience life, that develop competencies, 
that express power and move with intention. Wisdom is designed to be the authority in your life. If you let wisdom rule, you will do just fine. So wisdom equals optimum judgment for optimum action. Wisdom is developed through judging. Humans are in the process of judging almost every moment of every day. We are forming opinions or evaluations all the time about whether a situation is safe, what a person said is true, or if a course of action is best. Wisdom is shaped by the skilled ability to see, observe, and discern what is right and true. From there, the goal of wisdom is the best possible action with the best possible outcome. Folly is the opposite of wisdom, which is poor judgment, which makes poor action. Folly is ignoring important information. It's having weak judgment, which results in foolish action. Folly is well represented by the externally referenced life. We keep folly around by ignoring our internal processes, which give us that vital information, developing wisdom. Since you cannot escape your beliefs in your life, your beliefs often are embodied in your folly. What you believe reveals your actions and decisions in life. The beliefs that keep you enslaved are often called toxic beliefs, or, as Dr. Robert Glover calls them, self-limiting beliefs, or SLBs. Challenging your long-held toxic beliefs and gaining true wisdom is the path to integrity and freedom. You have seen and experienced folly in your life and in your actions. We all have. But up to this point, you've been highly externally referenced, and wisdom may have bypassed you often. Notice how your present beliefs have restrained you and kept you from living in freedom. It's time to reclaim your wisdom by believing the truth. The glory of young men is in their strength, but the glory of old men is in their gray hair. That's wisdom. That's from the Proverbs. Since wisdom is central to living an internally referenced life, your goal is to gather prime information from your internal resources and then make life, in life decisions for the best course of action. Wisdom is designed to be the master or the boss. With wisdom at the helm, you will do just fine. When other things run the show, like externals or the shadow self or even the mind, things will go bad quickly. Nothing else has the goods to run the show. Wisdom is one of your best parts, so hold on tight. The wisdom directive is seek the optimum action for every decision in your life. So the questions are, and remember, when you come to the questions, you can pause this so that you can keep up, but um, it's going to be on the pages, so if you want to come back later, go ahead and fill in the blanks. But here's the questions. In what ways have you been taught to trust your internal resources? Or not? Maybe you haven't been taught that. In what ways have you seen folly connected to your in external reference? And so wisdom is optimum judgment for optimum action. 
How can you begin to implement the intentional pursuit of wisdom in your life? Or how could you build yourself into a wisdom-producing machine? Next, the mind, which is the interpreter. In our world today, we have not been taught the value of our internal process, let alone the value of integrating them fully into our daily lives. We usually diminish our emotions, our intuition, our instincts, our anxieties, our failures, and our fears, instead of using them as valuable resources of information through which you can thrive. In the present world, we've been taught to primarily live in the rational or cognitive with our minds. Our mind is a great resource, but without integrating the rest of you, your mental processes always become imbalanced and overbearing. So many men get caught up in their heads with analysis paralysis. Western culture has been highly influenced by what is called modernity for the last century. Modernity placed a very high value on the mind and what is known. Modern Western science and philosophy has seen knowledge and intellect as the most valuable human asset. Since we live in these modern times, we've all been taught from the great scientists and philosophers from the modern age. It's what science, theology, and academics have been built on for the last century or so. The mind has been the king of the modern world. I think, therefore I am, is a very limited view of the human. There is so much more about us. Modernists sought to cipher all the mystery of the ages, from the origin of species to the nature of man, and then present their findings into a nice little box with a bow on it. The goal was to figure it all out and know all the answers to the universe. Darwin, Marx, Nietzsche, and Freud all gave a strong attempt to explain the world, each in their own field of study. Now, with the rise of quantum physics and so many other scientific findings, more questions and answers have arisen. Mystery is embraced more often in what is now becoming the postmodern world. You have been baptized in the modern worldview, whether you know it or not. Now, in order to become more integrated and internally referenced, you must break free from the idea that your mind is the king, or that you actually can figure it all out. Here's the real truth about the mind. The mind has been designed for interpretation, consciousness, and awareness. It's not been made for running the show. As a servant, the mind is magnificent. As a master, it is despotic. There's so much more to be, in, to be experienced than what is thought. Trying to figure life out throws you into vor a vortex of futility, which results in frustration and angst. The mind likes certainty. So when there's mystery or uncertainty, the mind gets really uncomfortable. And since becoming more comfortable with uncertainty is required in order to live in the present with confidence, you must allow the mind to do its real job, which is to serve the process, not to lead the process.
You don't have to figure it all out to get it right. Just listen to your internal resources in real time. As a servant, your mind is an awesome part of your internal information gathering system. It cannot be the master or the controller. The perfect role of the mind is to gather information about what's going on and help process that information. In order to develop wisdom, the mind takes information from your core, your surroundings, and your knowledge, and then interprets what is happening and then chooses the best course of action. Remember, that's wisdom. Then the body carries out the plan. The mind, the heart, the body are all designed to work together as a well-oiled machine, creating a life of power and freedom. I'm describing integration of all your being in full collaboration, all your parts working as one. The mind is just part of that process. Mindfulness means you are aware, conscious, and checking in with yourself in real time. Remember to check in with yourself often. The mindful check-in is just asking yourself what is going on or what is happening right now. Often, it's just recognizing a feeling or an experience and wondering what it is. Conscious checking in with your internal resources is essential to gathering vital information so you can live from the inside out. Checking in with your internals helps you find your center. Your center is that core place inside of you that interacts with life and interfaces with all of your experience. Finding your center is just finding you. Since we have often been trained to disregard ourselves to keep others happy, checking in with yourself or finding your center may sound selfish or even narcissistic. While it is introspective, this is not selfish. I actually like to call it selfness. Remember, your life is about you. So live from the center of you. Where else would we live from? Somebody else's center? This is your life. It's been designed to be lived from the inside out. Your life is actually all about you. So be you unapologetically. Finding your center also has to do with finding your source and connecting on a consistent basis. The source is that place where life comes from. We'll talk later about your source and daily practice in the lessons to come. As we develop a strong internally referenced life, and as we connect intentionally with our source, we will be able to move expansively into our relationships with wisdom and love. Your mind gathers information by asking questions in the present. How am I doing? What's going on here? This doesn't seem right. Why is my heart racing? Or how can I move with integrity right, right now? The mind will help to create the best choice or course of action. The mind gathers and interprets information from your internals. When the mind adds information that is old, it's not from the present, or preconceived experience, or when it's influenced by the shadow self, that's when the mind makes things a little nutsy. You'll be thinking about fear from something that happened when you were a kid, or when shame made you second-guess yourself, or remember that time in the barn, or you really think you can do it right this time? 
This outside information adds a lot of confusion to the work of the mind. But the mind is actually trying to protect you. But it's using old and out-of-date information and adding fears, shame, doubts into the mix. You must use good present information from your internal resources and your deep well of wisdom to decide what to do next. The mind gathers information like a champ. Don't let it divert to the old stuff. Your mind is your tool to discern the good information which comes from your center. Mindfulness is checking in with yourself and then taking the information about what is going on inside of you to create wise avenues of movement and action. So the mind directive is this. Use your mind to gather information and to discern optimum action, not to run the show. So, in what ways do you get stuck in your head? In what ways do you try to figure things out? What could you do to check in more mindfully, more often? Your core. The heart of all things. Your core is central to how you gather wisdom in your life. Your core brings together the integration of all internal parts working together. We often use the metaphor of the heart to refer to the core or essential part of our being. Whatever you call it, your heart or your core, it's your center. To live in strength and freedom, you must fully engage with the central parts of you. The answer is closer than we have been led to believe. God has given us a roadmap for each of us that is how each of us is meant to live. But the map is contained in a place we seldom go our hearts. That's a quote from Gary Barkalow. People describe having an open heart or times when their heart is closed or hard. Awareness of the state of your heart is important to doing this process well. You must become aware of when your heart is closed or hard, when it is open or vulnerable. You must know the experiences that create the condition that open or close mm-hmm. your heart. At all costs, live with an open heart. To become a man, the man you want to be, and eliminate the problems you have in your life, you must become intimately connected to your own heart, to your own state of being. Your core is primary to everything you do and brings all of you together. Some say it's your spiritual center as well. You you will develop, you will master your life as you become able to observe yourself and how you move. Mastery develops in you as you are able to notice your inner workings and how you interact with the world. Remember, don't judge yourself, just notice what you're feeling, experiencing, and what your heart is telling you. The heart is the interfaces with the deep realities of your existence. The word heart is used to describe your center or the internal parts of you that are deeply moved at times with happiness, energy, passion, or grief. Some cultures use the liver or kidneys or sometimes bowels to refer to that center. Others will call these deep places your spirit or your soul. Whatever you call it, the point is this. To awaken your internals, you must live from your heart, your center, or whatever is at your core. As cheesy as follow your heart may sound, 
Connection to your heart is absolutely essential if you're to live in freedom. The heart is the crossroad of the eternal, internally referenced life. Living by externals makes us feel like we can't get it right. As though you're, you need to figure it out, some riddle, or find a code. But the life, but life is not lived by an equation. There's no code or secret. Life is lived by listening to your heart. People love the certainty of equations so we can figure out how to make life work. Most religions, parents, and therapists try to develop some pattern that will lead the way. Like A plus B equals C. It would be something like follow the rules plus don't do things wrong equal good things like acceptance and belongings. It's some kind of equation that fixes things. The fact is that no equation ever resulted in freedom. Actually, the opposite is true. You become enslaved by equations. The equations become a book of rules or laws designed to govern your life to help you to get it right. You believe that if you follow the rules to the T, then you'll gain the acceptance that you want. This always ends badly, because somewhere along the line, your heart dies into a passionless existence as you try to follow some list of external rules. Success and freedom and strength in life does not come from a secret code. It comes from following your good internal resources. They will guide you well. The challenge is to live from your core. What can you do to become more centered and mindful in your deep internal parts? When is the best time for you to check in and observe yourself? Often we live by an equation like this. Follow the rules, don't do wrong things, equals good things. What's your life equation been? How has that worked for you, or what have been the consequences? So the core directive, live with a conscious, open heart by listening to all your internal resources. All right, let's move into the six categories <clears throat> of your internal resources. So we've talked about um, your mind, your heart, and wisdom. So now we're going to go into the details of your internal resources, of which I have a graph on here which has six different categories with wisdom in the middle. So let's kind of say it real quick. The heart is that which moves. Your soul, that which doesn't move, your mind, that which notices, your strength, that which has power, laws and responsibility, that which is chosen, and the dark side, that which is hidden. Let's go into this. Your internal resources. This graphic represents the whole grouping of all that you have available to help you move intentionally toward wisdom. Let's look at all these parts and the subparts that are ours to use. So, heart, soul, mind, strength, laws, responsibilities, and the dark side. In Mark 12:30 in the Bible, Jesus teaches us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's encouraging us to use all of our being to love God. I'm using this as a way to categorize our internal resources. 
Tons of people do this, either saying there's two parts, three parts, four parts, or many parts to a being, to a human being. You have come down somewhere. You have to come down somewhere in order to explain this. So these are aspects of a human uh, person's being that I've identified as designed to guide us and direct our life and actions. Regardless of what you choose, the point is to know that you have internal resources and they're very important to observe with integration. It's where all this works together. Some of us compartmentalize where we stay from some parts that we see as scary, weak, or not worthwhile. That actually is a pathway to foolishness, or like I said earlier, folly. All your parts need attention. Integration is our goal, and the simple act of checking in is our practice to keep our, all, of, all of our parts integrated. So the first part, the heart, that which moves. The heart is that part of us that moves. It is the part that connects with things and people. It knows without knowing. It feels deeply. It feels in nuanced ways and actually sees beyond what is actually here. The heart is what is moved. When you see a good movie or you hear a good story, it's what grieves when you hear of the death of a friend. It's what you feel or when you sense something that is not quite right in a situation. It is the way a good joke comes out of nowhere. It's the sense of awe when you see something beautiful, like a sunset, or your, your baby being born, or your wife's naked body. The heart has been much aligned in many contexts. The, heart, the church often sees the heart as despicable and misleading. Children's movie often say, follow your heart, and then is criticized as being illogical or childlike. Women are told to follow their intuition, but men are not, since it's not logical. It's true that the heart isn't exactly logical and sometimes doesn't even make sense, but it's still one of the most valuable parts of our internal resources. All the resources are incredibly important, so we must never disregard our heart. Here are the parts of the heart that we have, that we have so we can live in full and abundant lives. So it's intuitive. It's our gut, humor, instinctive. That's sixth sense. It's our passion, our emotions, desires, wants, our well-being, love, compassion, empathy, or sacrifice. It's our spirit. It's our faith, beliefs, worship, connection with the divine or our source, things that are transcendent. The heart directive is to live with a conscience, open heart by listening to all your internal resources. First, let's talk about intuition. For men, intuition has also been diminished in profound ways. Like I said, women's intuition is thought of as legendary, but men's intuition not so much. But men's intuition is just as real and valid. We have been trained to disregard it. But just like emotions, men are equally as intuitive as women. Intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. 
Intuition feels like some kind of secret knowledge that just comes to you, you know, without knowing. You may not know the details of what's going on, but you know something is at play. Intuition has been called many things. Blink, instinct, gut, or sixth sense. Whatever you call it, intuition is astonishingly brilliant. Intuition is connected to something transcendent, something beyond us, yet it's in us. Intuition can make quick judgments that are spot on. We must allow our intuitive to become a significant part of our internal information gathering system if we are to live in freedom and strength. Intuition is expressed well in a good time joke with friends. You sense what you say. You let it go and everybody laughs. If you hesitate or filter it or wait for a good moment, it will usually fall flat. Humor is intuitive and flows from an internal place. Humor actually is one of my favorite internal resources. Laughter is a significant gift of life in so many ways, and allowing humor to be an internal resource of the heart is fun. It's playful, and it's life-giving. So set your humor free to be a strong internal resource. So the question is, how have you interacted with intuition in your life? Have you disregarded it, followed it, and what happened when you did either of these? Next is passion. Usually we think of passion as emotion, dreams, or purpose. These words accurately describe passion. Passion is about wanting and desire. It's about a deep experience of longing as you desire something you don't have. Passion also has to do with sacrifice and emptiness, as with the passion of the Christ. Passion is the discipline of going without something you desire. The two concepts of desire and emptiness embody the fullness of passion. Passion is usually equated with lust. Lust is the demand that desire must be gratified. Lust cannot handle the emptiness of true desire. The entire porn industry has the illusion of passion, but it is only lust, and lust is shallow and small. It misses, lust misses the richness of what true passion provides. Desire in its true form is emptiness and not having something. Emptiness is actually what defines desire. Desire no longer exists as soon as you have what you desire. Passion and desire embody the experience of wanting something without the demand for satiation. A man of passion pursues what he desires vigorously. However, he is able to maturely delay his gratification as he moves with wisdom. So passion, walking with wisdom, is maturity. Passion is expressed most significantly in our emotions. The emotional aspects of your life have to do with what you are feeling or experiencing at any given moment. It's your moods, feelings, anxieties, fears, things like that. Emotions reveal what you want. Emotions indicate that you, what you need so that you can be responsible to make sure your needs are met. Emotions give you significant clues about what's going on in you and around you. 
Emotions are not designed to run the show. They're designed to give you valuable information about what you want, about what you need to do next, and what is going to guide you to be responsible to care for yourself and others. Your emotions, rationally, do make sense. You may be questioning this concept as you read this. Take some time with this and let it sink in. You've been sold a bill of goods that your emotions are irrational, feminine, untamed, or an obstacle to effective living. Integrating your emotions fully into your life is essential and absolutely necessary to living a fully masculine life. Men are equally as emotional as women. It's just part of being human. Men just do emotions differently. Chip Dodd said emotions are the voice of the heart. To care for yourself, you must listen to that voice of your emotions. They guide you to what you want and need. Your emotional process guides you toward increasing your sense of well-being. When you are angry, it's always for a reason. It's because your well-being has been diminished and you need something in order to thrive. Emotions always reveal our well-being and help us to get it back. Not listening to your emotional processes is where we fall into horrible patterns of developing external soothers in our life. As we disregard the information that emotions give us, we often seek something outside of us to soothe us through those difficult emotions. We choose all kinds of things to self-medicate or to escape tough feelings. We also try to get everything under control, so we do anything we can to manipulate or control things outside of us to feel like we have power in our life. This dead-end way of life always results in anxiety and frustration, because when it comes down to it, you can only control yourself. Later in this process, we'll learn how to fully integrate your emotions into creating a full and thriving life. For now, begin to notice and experience how emotions are a significant part of your internal resources. Remember, passion is also experience, is also sacrifice and emptiness. The maturity of a solid man actually is developed in the process of delayed gratification or going without something. Purposefully choosing to go without something is understanding that even though it may be important to help you thrive, you can go without it for a season. Maturity is living in the balance between emptiness and desire. Embracing the emptiness of passion creates maturity and passion and mashing. Sorry. Embracing the emptiness of passion creates maturity and mastery in your life. Living the emptiness of not having of not having something is actually living in the desire. You would no longer desire it if you had it. Passion is another vital internal resource that we must listen to daily. Our life is, has a bigger purpose and a higher calling. We often use all our energy dealing with shame and trying to blame others and fighting with our own selves. We came into this world with a greater calling and mission. As you develop your stronger identity, you will be able to listen to your passions or what makes your heart come alive. This process will help you unveil your purpose and gain clarity on your higher purpose. And that's important to being a solid man. So the questions are, how have you diminished your emotional life? 
Or, in what ways can you listen to your emotions more? And, how could passion be a strong guide in your life? Next category is spirit. Spirituality is that part of you that is connected with the unseen or mysterious parts of life. It's the arena of things that are sacred, of faith and worship. Faith is believing something that's unseen or uncertain. Worship is pursuing something that you believe will bring you life, fulfillment, or wholeness. Fulfillment, not fulfillment, fulfillness, fulfillment or wholeness. Your spirit is that part of you that connects you to those unclear and unknown aspects of living. It is that part of you that experiences the sacred parts of life that seem to come from some transcendent place. Some reject this part of life and so cut themselves off from an important internal resources. One good man that I know describes seeking externals as an offense to God, since externals are idols. Since God has seen fit and desires to make his home in us, it would make sense that he desires to live from the inside where he's already there to guide us inside our spirit. So when we disregard our spirit and we look to outside resources to direct us, we are rejecting his presence. The externally referenced person will seek external counterfeits to fulfill or complete those seemingly empty places in his soul. Remember to check in. That's the most important part of this. As we talked about in in part one, counterfeits are those things that we think that will make us feel better about life, but always end up short, leaving us with shame and other consequences. Many people call this spiritual concept idolatry, exchanging a thing in my life for the true source of life. It's taking the gift that comes from the gift giver, making the gift the source of life. We then forget that the one who gave us the gift is the real source. Often people will seek to hear from God through some spiritual process like prayer, meditation, or listening. Many think the voice will be an audible, this is God, type of voice. Sometimes this may happen, but usually it's more of an intuitive process that results in a still, small voice, or a word picture, or maybe just a faint idea. Some people believe that we are connected to something greater in the realm of the Spirit. For Christians, this is called the Holy Spirit. There's a strong interaction with the Holy Spirit and our own heart. The Holy Spirit relates to us through our internal processes in profound ways to give us guidance, comfort, and sometimes a kick in the butt to move on the right path. If we listen often, we'll usually hear something Some will claim that it's God. Others say it's just your intuitive process. Whatever it is, spirit is another great resource that we must get to know. So how have you been able to listen to your spiritual process? And what are some ways that your spirit has guided you in your life? Or how could you become more open to listening to spiritual aspects of life? That's the heart, the part which moves. So, now we're into the soul, that's that which doesn't move. The soul is different from the heart in that it stays firm and immovable. 
where the heart moves with emotion, intuitive, and spirit, the soul is a rock in the storms of life. The soul of a man is his deep self or identity. It's his ability to choose, decide, or just to be. It's the substance or gravitas that a man has in life. It's the weight your identity or your purpose carries. These are people who have encountered life that seem to be solid, like nothing will phase them or cause them to crumble. They have a strong sense of who they are and carry themselves with confidence. They have a kind of presence that fills the room or influences everybody in the room. It is the way a musician expresses himself in his music, a craftsman creating with his tools, or how a writer can create through his words. The depth of his being is engaged within the moment. It's not just his mastery. It is his soul. This is the gravitas, where gravity is in his presence. Years ago, the word gravitas became part of the popular vocabulary during one of the presidential campaigns. It was a word that described the presence, or lack thereof, of the candidates. Did this man have substance, or was he just full of fluff? Is he a leader? Did he have soul, was the question. Your soul has to do with your identity, your sense of personal value, or worthiness, your presence, and your confidence. It asks, what kind of material are you made of? Here are the parts of the soul, the parts which are solid and not moved. The first part is your identity, which includes your personality, your personal value or worthiness, your confidence, and parts of your masculinity. It includes your intention or your volition, which is about your will, choice, common sense, discernment, and decision-making. It's about your purpose, which has your calling, your interests, your vocation, and your pursuits. It also includes your motivation, which is your drive, your priorities, and your initiative. It has to do with your character, which includes your moral compass, your discipline, your values, your conscience, and your boundaries, and your integrity. That would be integration, wholeness, your internal structure or frame. The first, let's look at identity. Your identity is another powerful part of your heart. Your identity is the distinguishing character and personality which makes you who you are. And it's different from any, it's what makes you different from anyone else on the planet. Your identity holds your story and all your experiences. It's where your personal value and worthiness rest. Your identity is your true name or your true self, who you really are at your core. When we are internally referenced, we are able to move in freedom with our true self leading the way. When our identity is externally referenced, we believe what other people say about us, and then we live with those external expectations or narrative. An externally referenced identity is a dead end where we lose our sense of self. An internally referenced identity resolves the problems that we expressed in part one that had to do with our identity being reflected or validated from external sources. The goal is to have an internally validated self where all the unsettled questions about being good enough or acceptable are resolved. With a solid identity, there's no longer a need to engage in comparison 
perfectionism, or proving ourselves through accomplishments. The internal reference results in a solid sense of self. What we believe about ourselves is our narrative, or the story about who we think we are. We all have a narrative which speaks constantly to us about who we are. This narrative is how we interpret the meaning of all our experiences in the light of identity. The narrative that you believe determines your path. The narrative that you believe determines our path through life. You've been told true and false things about who you are from people around you. The solid man process will challenge your false narratives and then discover and claim your true narrative. False narratives are those interpretation about your identity that are wrong. To get strong, you must reject the false narratives that you've carried your entire life. Not until you remove the false narrative and embrace the true narrative will you be able to trust your internal resources. You have character and personality, your competencies, weakness, humor, ways of interacting, ways of energizing, experiences, desires, passion, patterns, stories, wounds, accomplishments, all come together to define who you really are. Understanding yourself is absolutely essential in gaining mastery in your life. You must know who you truly are and to begin to live fully from your true internal identity. This internal resource guides you from your core of who you are and what is important to you. Your value and worthiness rests within you, in your being. It is a gift. Whenever we try to find it outside of ourselves, in our accomplishments, or what others think, our value falters and it's distorted. Discovering your true identity and allowing it to guide you through life is a strong internal resource and is how the internally referenced life is actually lived. You must find your true self. When you engage in finding your true self, shame often comes to life or becomes really obvious. We believe that something is wrong with us, and that belief holds us back into a fearful posture in life. It keeps us from feeling free enough to live fully, live life fully. Some people soar from early on as though they know a secret. They know what they want in life for in high school or maybe even earlier, and then accomplish great things right off the starting line. But the vast majority of us seem to struggle for years, if not decades, before we start to move with intention. The struggle is about developing a strong sense of self and what Dr. Brene Brown calls shame resilience. Some people have a strong sense of self and powerful shame resilience, often from how they were parented. However, like a farmer in a rough country, most of us have to claw, scratch, and sweat for a good, solid sense of self, which is free from toxic shame. It's hard work to build a self with a strong shame resilience. But this is what awakening the internal is all about, building your inner self with a strong internally referenced core. When your identity is solid this way, you will face shame with grace and courage. You will begin to build a new narrative that is based on the truth. You must find your true narrative. Another significant part of your identity that drives you as an internal resource is your purpose. Your purpose is the reason you exist. 
It's what you've been put on the planet for or what you're here to accomplish. Your purpose is discovered by listening to your passions, desires, and identity. It's found by seeking things that make your heart come alive. We'll have time later in the process to discover more about the purpose, but for now, know that your purpose is a big part of how your identity drives your life internally. Knowing who you are and building a strong, true narrative of your life is essential in the process of awakening your internals. So the questions are, in what ways have you been disconnected from your true self? How would your life look if your true self ran the show? And we usually don't think of our identity as a guide to what we do or choose to do in life. How can you follow your identity into wisdom? And what messages have you received about your identity that were just plain lies? How could you move forward with a true and new narrative? The next part is the will. A significant part of our internal processes is to funnel all of our good internal information to make good, wise decisions. Intentional decisions come from your wisdom as your mind processes your internal resources to determine the best course of action for the best outcome. To live an integrated and intentional life, you must choose everything. What you do, what you eat, what you say, everything. You create the life that you want by choice. Choose what you want to do, where you want to set your personal boundaries, what to believe in, how you want your life to go, the works. You have the power to create the life that you want, and your choices make that life happen. You always have a choice with everything. Masculinity, by definition, moves, chooses, and leads. Masculinity is action and intent. The masculine decides to do and say the right thing. An internally referenced man moves and chooses from his deep internal realities with wisdom. Choosing is the act of the will. It is what I want. Knowing what you want is vital. This must be secure and not something that you change easily, willy-nilly. You need to have an iron will. Purpose. There are some people who coach others to actually create their purpose. If you want this or you want to do that, go for it. The fruit is ripe for the picking. But the truth is we can't really create our purpose. It's not something we can make out of nothing. It's something that is already there. That's what we want to find since it's a gigantic internal resource which will guide you as you create your life. Your purpose is hidden inside of you. Even as you are reading this, it's already, it already exists within you. Your work in this exercise is to begin the process of discovering it. You will find it from a number of important clues. Those clues awaken your understanding of deep truths and why you were put on this planet. Here's a quote from Mark Twain. The two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I'm just bringing up the fact that your purpose is a huge internal resource. 
We'll just barely scratch the surface here of finding your purpose, but hopefully you'll begin to move in the right direction. To get a deeper to get deeper into the process, consider some of the resources at the end of this exercise. For now, here's a few of the most important questions you can ask yourself so that you can discover more about you. First, what makes your heart come alive? Consider the things that move you. What makes you get excited or get you anticipated about something? What are some things that really get you going? It could be spending time with certain people. It could be going someplace. It could be doing something. It could be the preparation of doing something or going somewhere. When have you felt most alive? Your heart is where your life is found, so let it come alive. The next question, what has interested you your whole life? If you look back, you'll see certain patterns. What captured captured your attention your whole life? What things keep coming up again and again? What comes up every time you have free time just to let your mind wander when you have no pressure or agenda? What's there? When you were a kid, you may have been enthralled by World War II or the Civil War. You were amazed with geography or cultures. You discovered math equations way before the teacher taught them in class. Things that captured you. You spent time reading way more than you needed to on on an assignment. What were some of these things? You found out how things work or tore stuff apart to see what was inside. You explored under the house to see how it was built. Or you wanted to find out what made animals tick. You made everything a game for competition. You read voraciously or you read nothing, trying to experience everything. What was your unique interest? As a man, you see how you do things in the same way when you were a boy. How do I do things every time I do things? Think about how you do things in the way that you do them. You may be a conformist and do it the same as everyone else. You may be an anti-conformist and do it differently. You may be innovative and do it in a new way. You may be a pragmatist and do it in the easiest or most efficient way. Every one of us have our own style of getting things done. Some of us focus on the task at hand. Some of us are more interested with the people that we're doing it with. Some of us need to make whatever we are doing fun. What about getting into the deep details of something or just concerned about the big picture? Knowing how you do things is a part of discovering your purpose. What seems to drive or motivate you? You you may be unaware of some of your deeper drivers or motivators in your life. Often, or they often stay quite hidden until, until we look deeper. Or, like looking for a timid animal, you must wait quietly for it to come forward. Or some of them are bold like bold like crows or roosters, making themselves known and in your face. As we saw in some of the initial Solid Man material, your drivers can be externally referenced. This is a significant thing to observe. Notice if things that are driving you are things like expectations or what might make others approve of you. To discover your true mission, you'll need to find it from your internal resources. So notice if it's external and then reboot. What moves you to do things or accomplish things? What are you driven to do? I have a friend who later in life began to have a drive to climb all the highest peaks on each continent. His drive took him around the world and into the best shape of his life. 
Another man, a retired engineer, was compelled to build a business which made it easier to purify water for drinking, and then he made it available to people who needed it. Often these drives seemed to be a way seemed to be way out of the box and not ordinary. Sometimes they seem very risky. Sometimes they seem boring and not so exciting. That doesn't matter. What matters is finding the thing that moves you into action to making a difference in the world. Asking these questions is the way that you gather good information from this great internal resources. So what are some of the things that might be or have been your purpose? The next one is motivation. Motivation is a big part of our soul. It's our drive and our initiative. It comes out of our wants and desire. We can be motivated by so much. Fear, wants, hopes, obstacles, dreams, visions, core responsibilities. Our priorities are developed from all these parts of us. Pay attention to what drives you and what pushes you to go, want, or pursue anything. Priorities are the things we value and have set ahead of things we don't value as much. Our priorities will guide us in decision-making and when we choose between different things that we want. Have your priorities set in advance so you can choose from what you want. Character. Your character is the deep part of your being. It's, it's the, it's, it is the qualities that define who you are in your morality, discipline, and mental capabilities. Your character rests on your moral compass, your self-discipline, your values, and what affects your conscience. We'll talk more about that shortly. Your character is developed in your personal boundaries, your actions, and ability to use your voice to speak the truth. Your character is one of the most powerful parts of you when the chips are down and when the shits hit the fan. What will you do? A man with moral character already has things implanted within him and and with an immovable character that will guide him through difficult or sticky situations. If an opportunity to do something under the radar comes up, let's say sex with a willing woman, doing a shady deal, or whatever, Will your character be solid, or will it crumble? What is your character made of? Integrity. Earlier, you learned that your integrity is having a strong structure, wholeness, and the integration of your whole being. Integrity is also about values and what you believe is good and right. It's your moral compass and your conscience. We all have a moral compass, something which guides us to knowledge of right and wrong. The question here is whether your moral compass is internally or externally developed. We all start our lives believing what our parents or peers believe, but you need to develop your own internal moral compass. Where have you developed your thoughts about what good character is or what you believe? How have you developed good values or developed spiritual connections? Or even if spiritual connections are important, where is the foundation of your internal moral compass. Since we develop our initial beliefs about our values from our parents or from reaction to our parents, they're really not our values. We may think we developed them for for ourselves, but for the most part, we took on what we thought was right just to fit in and look right. Some values are yours, but most are from others. 
Challenge whether your values and beliefs are external and passed on to you from others. Question these deeply entrenched ideas to see if they are yours truly. Your values influence your choices. So to be internally referenced in our choices in life, it's essential to choose our values. This is how the internal resource thing is done. Your values will be found from your internal experiences and how things to resonate with your own heart. You may at times have experienced significant level of anger or intensity with injustice that happened to you or someone else. You knew things then were just not right with the situation. This is your integrity rising up and speaking to you that something must be said or done to change things. It is at this time that presence and voice is coming alive in you. This is where you're going to find the heart of what you value. Your values then drive your decisions. Many men are frozen, passive, and silent. Their value of self-protection is stronger than the value of influencing the world for good. You've probably heard the quote, The surest way for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Masculinity has been designed to be that force for good in our world and is your core of integrity that will guide you. Fear must not silence you or keep you frozen. You must prepare yourself for uncomfortable moments. So when the time comes, you can face your fears and move and speak with courage. Often we think there's only two options when we are moved to confront or challenge a situation. Either withdraw to silence or aggressively challenge. Usually it takes a situation. All it takes in a situation is two things, speaking up or being there. You don't have to challenge somebody to a fight or throw someone out of the room. It just starts by simply having the nerve to stand up and say, this is not right. Or does anyone else think this is not okay? Whether it's taking care of yourself or speaking up for someone else, it's highly important to follow your gut and be present in the moment with whatever it says to do or say. The world needs good men to stand up when the time comes. Speak up in all situations that seem unjust, big ones and small ones. Presence and voice are powerful parts of your integrity. Your integrity and conscience will guide you well as you develop your strong values and moral compass. Listen to your compass or listening to your compass will become so easy to you that you won't even have to think. You'll just know what's right at any given time or circumstance. Your integrity is the solid, immovable force behind your own inner authority. It's what gives you your life, the, what gives your life the form and structure you need to move and develop the life you want. From your integrity, you'll make wise decisions that will define the direction of your life. So the questions are, in what ways have you been moved to action or remain frozen when your internals were guiding you to move or speak in a situation? How can your integrity become significant source of wise decisions? Next is the mind. The mind is that which notices. The mind is that aspect of a man that considers, notices, and reflects. It gives him the ability to think and dream. It's his ability to be mindful, conscious, and aware. I said earlier that, earlier that the mind works best as the, the interpreter of what's going on. It notices all that your internal resources are saying and put together a great game plan. The mind does not work well on its own. 
If it's ruminating on its own, trying to figure it out without consultation with intuitive emotion or moral compass, it will go awry very quickly. The mind is not the boss, just a great servant. The parts of your internal gathering system which have to do with the mind are intelligence, imagination, interpretation, memory, and consciousness. All of these aspects of the mind combine to create mindfulness or awareness in your life. So under the category of intelligence or logic, your prefrontal cortex, understanding. Under imagination, creativity, worry, ideas, vision, goals. Interpretation, the narrative or the story that I'm telling myself, your worldview, your beliefs. Under memory, your anxieties, your triggers, your history. Consciousness has to do with attention, focus, awareness, time, past, present, and future. Awareness of environment and surrounding, safety, danger, systems, culture, and your subconscious. Let's start with intelligence. Our intelligence is brilliant. Problems arise when we give our thinking processes the top position. When our common sense is coupled with our senses of logic and understanding, within the full arsenal of our internal resources, we will become stronger and more powerful than we ever imagined. Intelligence is acquiring and applying knowledge toward wisdom. The idea of building your intelligence is at the center of everything I'm talking about with gathering all the information from your internal resources. This builds your intelligence and gains, and gaining all this information builds your ability to live with strength. We have an amazing prefrontal cortex that can be aware and awake. This part of us is what's mindful. Mindfulness builds our intelligence. Mindfulness is what helps us gather all our information. True education is what gives us the skills to be able to listen to, gather, and then apply all the information that internal resources are providing. Most education is dropping information into your head rather than to building internal abilities to learn from all your resources, especially internal resources. Your imagination. Imagination is another beautiful part of our mind. Imagination is the beginning of creativity. Anything that has been created first was imagined. Michelangelo's David was first imagined in the stone. Middle Earth was first imagined by Tolkien. Imagination sometimes is ridiculed as spacing out or lack of focus. Sure, I may not be focusing on what a teacher wants me to focus on, but my good mind is going where I want it to go, into my imagination. As well, creating... As well as creating, imagination also has the ability to worry about worst-case scenarios that are possible. As our fears are exposed to our worry, this gives, uh, gives us significant information as well. This is true of our hopes as well. We must be aware of whatever it is and gather that good information about fears, hopes, or obstacles. Imagination also gives me information about visions or dreams. Any entrepreneur must imagine the goals that must be accomplished in order to build a business that doesn't exist. You must see it in your imagination with a vision so you can make it happen. Curiosity is another part of our imagination. Curiosity is wondering what is going on or what is happening. Curiosity is the root of science and gathering good information. 
Interpretation. Interpretation is how we explain meanings of things. It's called the story I'm telling myself. This story is important to see and identify. Knowing how we interpret things is essential to be able to gain clarity and not get hung up on false narratives or assessments of what's going on. Interpretation is the narrative or worldview of how I see or explain the world around me. It's how we develop our beliefs. Attention is how you hold the narratives in your life, and it's essential to doing this internally referenced stuff well. It's worth your while to identify your own preconceived ideas about life and let yourself question those. The world is rarely just as you perceive. So, question everything. Your memory. Your memory is also resting in your mind. Your personal history is an account of your life, experiences, wounds, victories, and accomplishments. All your anxieties, fears, triggers, and worries come out of what you remember about your life experiences. Your memory also holds very positive experiences. Your memory is just another good, strong part of the internal resources of your mind. Consciousness. Whether you call it mindfulness, attention, focus, awareness, or consciousness, it's all pretty much the same thing. It's just being aware of your internal processes and your surroundings. It's actively gaining awareness of time, presence, of environment, and surrounding contexts. It's gaining knowledge of safety, danger, systems around you, and how your culture shapes things. Consciousness is another powerful aspect of our mind. Remember all the great parts of your mind. And remember to check in. Strength. This is the category of strength. It's that which has power. Strength is that aspect of a man that is his ability or power to get things done. It's influence, legacy, and presence. In this category, strength can be seen as an overarching concept which includes any part of a man that has power, influence, and capability. As you become more competent in your life, you will move into mastery, and mastery will result in strength. Often we think of a man's strength as his body or muscles, but there's so much more. So let's look at authority, which is mastery, skill, competence, or command. Influence has voice, presence, leadership, and collaboration. Your body, instinctive, senses, nerves, muscles, physical well-being, or your amygdala, to fight, freeze, or flee. Your sexuality, which has to do with your sexual energy, your sex drive, relational connections, intimacy, vulnerability, and reproduction. Or energy. Pace, capability, skill, power, masculinity, and confidence. And your frame, your posture, your physical presence, your courage, and aspects of masculinity as well. Authority. External, externally referenced men follow someone else's authority. Rather than following their own self-control and decision-making, they submit themselves under another person's leadership and influence. Authority as an internal resource is essentially asking yourself, what do I want? It's just having a sense of what you want and leading your own life in the direction you want it to go. 
It is trusting yourself that you have some great ideas about what some good things that would, would be to do. This is under the heading of strength, since taking control of your life and developing your abilities as a man moves through the stages of skill, competence, mastery, and creating and then command. As you grow in competence, you will move toward power, and eventually you will take command of whatever you're doing. You will become you will become an influencer rather than being the influenced. You'll just become a leader rather than a follower. You'll become a leader rather than a follower. You'll become a master of your life rather than just a student. All this by listening to your internal resources. Your body. Many people view the body with disdain as less important or even bad. The body is a very important part of your internal process. It's not a lesser part of you. Since the body is a vital part of your system, it's important to nurture your body with good nutrition, sleep, exercise, health care, and affection. It's a brilliant part of your internal system with so much to offer. The body is not just some container like Tupperware, which holds all your other stuff together. It's a brilliant part of your internal system with so much to offer. The body gives you amazing vital information in real time that guides you well. You've probably experienced things like tinkling on the back of your neck, cotton mouth, or butterflies in your stomach before giving a speech. This is the type of information the body throws out there to remind you to stop for a moment and breathe. We have lost the fine art of listening to our body. And the body is a well, sorry, the body is a rich wellspring of internal information. Our sexual energy, posture, chemistry, tension, reactions, and muscle memory or fight-or-flight mechanism all teach us who we are and what is happening around us. Physical signals like muscle tightness, headaches, sweaty palms, breathing changes, heart rate, or tingling is your body telling you about your state of being and what you may do in order to thrive. What is this anxiety I feel? Why are my shoulders slumping? Wow, my breathing is shallow. What's that? Your body runs on an instinctive level. The instinctive is not about intuitively knowing something. Instinctive is about knowing how to do something. It's like a border collie that herds kids around the backyard, even though it's never been around sheep. Animals move in such a way that you know there's something guiding them on a physical or DNA level. They don't have to stop and think about what's acceptable or right. They just do what they were designed to do. The same is true for us. When we think too much, often we miss our opportunities. The instinctive guides in the develop of essential aspects of life, like self-care, sexuality, protecting, and sometimes providing. Your body is full of wisdom. Learn how to listen to it. Our muscles, our nerves, organs, senses, all of our body parts and chemistry come together to notify us of some of the most important information for living well. Our physical well-being is a primary tool for full living. It's like a well-timed joke with a group of friends. Good humor just shows up in random conversations. If you filter it by asking yourself if it will be funny or how it will be received, you'll miss the chance and it'll fall flat. But if you just let it out there with your internal timing, it could be and probably will be very funny. There are things we know how to do, even if we've never done it. Our bodies have a way of guiding us if we let it. 
the instinctive guides us in this development of essential aspects of life, like self-care, sexuality, protecting, and providing. So remember, your body is full of wisdom. Learn how to listen to it. Athletics is just the harnessing of, of the instinctive for a fun, competitive experience. Even though the instinctive is not designed to run the show, it's a significant source of information. Following your instincts adds some very fun and playful opportunities in life. In order to live full, free lives, we will need to discover the depth of our physical being and listen for the cues the body is constantly sending out. So, how could you hear the instinctive information that your body gives you? Or how has your body spoken to you? And how could you start listening or how could you start to listen more fully to your body? The next category is energy. Your energy is another important part of your physical being. Energy is that part of us that has the power to get things done. Sometimes you're exhausted or sometimes you're ready to get going. This is your energy level. It's important to pay attention to this so you can care for yourself by getting rest or food. Listening to your body is essential in order to thrive. Your energy often is represented as emotional energy. Somehow it physically rises up in us or shows up in unique ways for each person. Your emotional energy is always connected to your body. When you become proficient at listening to your body, you will become a master of your emotions. Our energy is represented by our pace of life and the timing of how we move. Some of us drive and do. Some of us have a more relaxed mode. We may have margins of space, or we may run with a tight methodology. Our internal capabilities, skills, and abilities is another way our physical body energy is expressed in life. Knowing our inherent abilities and skill set is prime evidence of our internal power and leadership expression. Confidence is our ability to be self-assured with your internal value, competence, and being. Sexuality. Our sexuality is another beautiful part of our physical being. Awareness of sexual cues, like arousal, interest, or desire, is important so you can follow the guidance of your physical being to what you want in life. It is part of our strength since it encompasses so many different parts of our being. Our body, desire, love, procreation, and spirit. Sexuality has historically been a point of contention for many people as though it's wild and out of control. It is true that many people, without much integrity or self-control, experience much folly in this area of life. But that does not mean that our sexuality is to be avoided or even seen as sinful. Many traditions focus on restraining sexuality since sexuality is a very and since sexuality is a very valuable part of you that is usually relegated to the basement it cannot be put down there it's a prime aspect of your body releasing sexuality does not mean to just let it rip 
without consideration of wisdom or without your moral compass, it is allowing it to have a position at the table with the rest of your good internal resources. Our sex drive is a powerful part of our strength. Yeah, it needs to be under the influence of wisdom, but it needs to be set free as well. Sexuality is one of your most valuable assets. I call sexuality the great connector because sexuality guides people into human connection and intimacy like nothing else. Sex is the great connector. Since connection and closeness is a primary human need, sexuality provides that beautifully. Sexuality creates connection and is life-giving in many ways. Our sexuality is a place of vulnerability where we can truly allow ourselves to be seen. Being naked with someone else opens us up to some of the most profound vulnerable experiences of your life. Yeah, we may be physically seen, but our sexuality allows our full self to be revealed as well. Often this feels very awkward and clumsy, but it is the path to intimacy. It's one of the greatest avenues of legacy in our lives as well, because sex is very much about procreation and continuing the species. Our children are a significant way that we leave our mark on the world. To fully embrace ourselves, we must embrace our sexuality. In order to live full, free lives, we will need to discover the depth of our physical being and listen for the cues that the body is constantly sending out. Sexuality can be a difficult aspect of life for many people who have had abusive or difficult traumatic experiences. There are many people who experience sexual struggle, often characterized as sex addiction, and sexuality is often a place where shame thrives. This is all true, but it in no way diminishes the value and depth that our sexuality has been designed to bring into our lives. To fully embrace ourselves, we must embrace our sexuality. For many men, sexuality is a pretty significant place of shame. Because of this, some men pray diligently that God would take it away from them. It's as though sexuality is some kind of parasite that sucks your life away and keeps you locked into sinful behavior. This belief is tough to beat. But as you begin to embrace your sexuality, you will begin to experience the greatness for which it has been intended. Presence. Presence is about you being here now. Presence is being awake, aware, and conscious of your surroundings and of your internal workings. Presence is influence and creativity. It's leading your life and making a difference in your present environment. Presence is a relational connection and purposeful interaction with others in real time. It may sound odd that I'm including this concept as an internal resource, but think of your presence as something that you own, as in my presence. Think of it as something that is part of your life. You carry your presence with you. People notice your presence when you enter into a room. Up to this point, your presence may not have had a huge impact on the room, but the more you are, are aware of your presence, the more you will find that it builds influence. Often men will live life like a chess game, thinking three or more moves ahead. While this works for chess, in real life, it keeps you out of the game. 
maintaining presence requires staying in the moment with whatever your internal resources are giving you at that time. This will take practice, but the more you stay with yourself, the better you'll get at listening to your internal voice. And remember, to do that, you must check in with yourself often. Presence has to do with time and space. Presence requires that you are aware of the present and are in the now. If you are lost in worry or anxiety of the future or holding regret, shame, or resentment from the past, you will not be present. Your head will be in the sand. When this happens, you'll go into autopilot and not be conscious of what's happening inside of you, let alone outside of you. Men often will get locked into a pattern of compartmentalizing, where they will be in a zone only focused on one thing. Often, this results in disregarding important parts of our life. When I experience true presence in my own life, I actually begin to drive my own life. I'm the one who determines the pace and balance through my own internal authority. I'm able to influence my life through creating the life that works great for me. I make things happen because I am here. Just because presence is not tangible or concrete does not mean that it is not rich with vital information for fully living. The feedback you receive from present interactions is what you're looking for from this prime internal resource. Presence is about influence, the ability to make changes in your environment or the lives of other people. Influence exists only when you are present. It is setting your own personal pace and creating the life that you want. Presence is leading your own life and making what you desire happen. Most women long for a man who is present. Presence is the interface between you here and now. Presence is intention. Intention is the posture of leadership. Leadership is an intentional posture of knowing what you want and then making that happen. Intention is action, which is developed from the core of a man who wants to accomplish as he influences and creates the life that he wants. Intention is choice, power, and action. Presence is confidence, or being wherever you are with your full self. Confidence is trust and reliance in your own power and abilities. Confidence allows you to fully engage, be fully engaged with people and whatever your surroundings bring. When you know that you have what it takes to handle just about any situation that comes your way, you can handle the present with confidence. Many men have a horrible habit of withdrawing or disengaging from present moments, especially when things get tense or difficult. You must fight this urge. To be alive and engaged, you must stay present in every moment, difficult or not. To develop confidence, you will need to listen and embrace all the information that comes your way as you interact with present circumstances. Grow in your awareness of the present and gain insight with every present moment. Presence is expressed in your posture. This will be a significant way for you to recognize and observe how you are engaging with your world. Notice when you are confident in your posture, or see when you are closed, or when you are disengaged. Notice how your physical posture reflects your presence and engagement with your your surroundings. 
Your presence is a very powerful part of your being. So the question is, what could you do to live more in the now? Influence. While our presence is a huge part of our power as a man, it's only part of our influence. Our influence is how our power is expressed in our world. As with any other internal resource, it is important to build awareness of how this internal aspect of our being exists within you and interacts with the world around you. Your influence is expressed in your abilities and skills, in your physical presence, and in your confident presence and how you create spaces of safety and collaboration. Leadership is the ability to influence. Leadership is a huge way that your influence plays itself out in the world. Your voice is one of the most powerful influences in your internal resource repertoire. The most powerful part of a man, I think, is his voice. And as we age, it's important to understand the transition of masculine power from muscular presence to voice. You must prepare yourself for uncomfortable moments. So when the time comes, you can face your fears and move and speak with courage. Usually all it takes in a situation is two things, speaking up and being there. Whether it is taking care of yourself or speaking up for someone else, it's highly important to follow your gut and be present in the moment with whatever it says to do or say. The world just needs good men to speak up more often. How can you increase the influence that you have in your life? Frame. Like integrity, frame is having a strong structure, wholeness, and integration of your whole being. Frame is that sense that you have a solid core in your beliefs, identity, and character. It's the thing that hold, holds fast in relationship intention, or conflict. Integrity is also about your values and what you believe is right and good, like your moral compass or your conscience. We all have a moral compass, something that, which guides us to knowledge of right and wrong. The question here is whether your moral compass is internally or externally developed. Your integrity and conscience will guide you as you develop your strong values and your moral compass. Listening to your compass will become so easy that you won't even have to think. You'll know what's right at any given time or circumstance. Your integrity is the solid, immovable force behind your own inner authority. It's what gives your life the form and structure you need to move and develop through the life that you want. From your integrity, you'll, you will make strong, wise decisions that will define the direction of your life. Internal frame is a powerful part of a man. It's where his strength is derived. We've, all, we've talked about the parts that create strength. Bringing them all together in a beautiful machine is what frame is. It's all the parts creating a structure of strength and influence. As you will learn in Pillar 4, solid frame is one of the foundational principles of masculinity. It is what part is... It is what part, that part, sorry, I can't even read it. It's that part of, that really defines us as a man. So bring all your avenues of strength together in all its glory. So in what ways does your frame crumble or tilt? How could you build your frame stronger? The next category is external laws or responsibility. It's that which is chosen. 
This section refers to the external category that you have chosen to become an internal reality. It's something that you have taken on as a truth, a personal discipline, a personal restraint, or just general wisdom that you believe that will guide you toward wise living. These could be the laws of nature or the land. They could be the choices to be a father or a student. They could be matters of faith and who I will choose to follow in life. These are also categories that you may not have chosen, but are now part of your life like health issues, relational problems, or family of origin. These laws and responsibilities are part of our internal resources in that they are aspects of life either chosen or given, which must be accepted for what they are and taken into account as we pursue wisdom and wise actions. These external things which have been made internal are our link to the external world. We are not totally an island, and therefore we must consider the ways we are linked to the world and the choices we have in those interactions. First category under that is laws. Natural law is the first category of laws that we live under. We are These are things like time, gravity, or weather. This also includes the fact that we have restraints in distance, where we need to take time to walk, drive, or fly places. It's our physical health, as we can only do so much as our bodies are limited. Not that we choose that these laws exist, but we must choose to place ourselves under them. The choice becomes as, as we choose not to experience natural consequences by jumping off a cliff or driving into an abutment. Moral law is also a choice we make, since there are consequences here as well. These ideas are what forms our strength, our sense of right and wrong, of what is just, what is wise, and what makes sense. It's our values that we have chosen to make our own. It's what rules or codes we have chosen to live by. We all have these. What's important is that we consciously choose them. Civil law. That's the restrictions that the local, state, or federal government has placed upon the people in its jurisdiction. These are traffic laws, domestic laws, contracts, limits in behavior like violence, aggression, or abuse, money, taxes, and things like that. Here it is, our choice. Here, this is where our choice is for uh, voting for certain people, trying to make changes in the laws, or moving to a place that might better fit us. This choice is like the fact that every time a new president is voted in, certain people threaten to move to Canada. Religious laws are very specific laws that we choose to follow because of our belief system. There are tons of faiths and denominations that one may place themselves under. All these could include things like following the Ten Commandments or experiencing different traditions or behaviors like fasting, prayer, tithing, service attendance, community service, feasts, or wearing certain items of clothing. These, have, these we have taken as an internal resource to guide us toward wise living or the lifestyle that we want. Responsibilities. Marriage is a significant responsibility that people choose. It is taking a covenant with one woman. It requires negotiating needs and wants, conflicts, and well-being. 
When you choose to be married, your life changes because you now have a completely set of internal boundaries and priorities that you did not have as a single person. You have chosen to be responsible for another person. One of the responsibilities we choose is family. Family includes taking care of kids, not getting enough sleep, making sure everybody's health is okay. It's ensuring that we're all educated from preschool to college. It's choosing that your resources are, are going to domestic upkeep, protection, and providing. Along with sleep deprivation, you are choosing time limitations, money limitations, and energy limitations. But you are also choosing one of the most fulfilling endeavors that a human can choose. It's a choice, and now it becomes a powerful internal resource. Another responsibility we choose is work. We choose how much work we do, our commitment to a certain company, to submit to a certain boss, or to be self-employed. We choose where and when we build our abilities and competencies in this field or that. We choose the jobs that have the perks we want, whether it's vacation, sick days, bonuses, or different salaries, insurance, or retirement plans. We choose what we want, and this choice also dictates our choices in life. We choose the restriction that school brings us, the classwork, class time, submission to teachers' whims, submission to school's requirements, or all things we choose when we choose to become more educated or pursue certifications for our new career. During these seasons of life, we place ourselves in situations that we must consider as we choose, and choices like this have strong implications as we listen to our internal resources. We also have various limitations we may not have chosen, but we must accept as, but we must accept as realities as we learn to choose and live. Things like physical needs, food, air, and water, physical problems, hearing, sight loss, things like IBS or arthritis, mental health, like any diagnosis like OCD, bipolar, or whatever, our different intelligences we have, wealth, ugliness, weight, upbringing, racism, are all possible limitations in our lives that affect how we choose and move. Other possibilities in this category are when we choose certain disciplines or restraints, like eating well, exercising, any moratorium we might choose to overcome an addiction or spiritual disciplines. We may listen to wise people or mentors who will give us good insight to living. Listening to wise people will help gain understanding about life through podcasts, books, or coaching. Regardless of how we do it, these are all things that we choose to become internal realities and guide us toward wisdom. The next category is the dark side. This is that which is hidden. The dark side is a conglomeration of all those aspects, aspects in your life that don't seem to be okay and not the best parts of you. It's the darkness or aspects of you that can be mean, ugly, or just plain wrong. It's those bad decisions that come from a place in you that's afraid or controlling. It's what comes out of you when you're self-protective, self forgetful, or living in scarcity. These are what you do when you're uncertain with fear. It's your history of wounds, trauma, and the pain you have experienced. 
the dark side, is the things that you are or have been addicted to or what is commonly called your drug of choice, which could be anything. It's the mistakes and embarrassments that you've had in your life. This dark stuff is the shame that you have held and all the secrets that you hold. They're limitations that you you refuse to acknowledge. It's your shadow self and how that shows up. It's the void with all the emptiness and possibility of death. We need to be able to address these parts of life as real and part of the process of listening to your internal resources, especially because we know these things are all floating around inside of us beneath the surface. If we disregard them, we will really miss some good information, even if it's tough to observe these things inside of you. Denying that anything dark is there or resisting the thing that usually just hides, then it then has a way of creeping in and somewhere makes a negative influence. To include it in your pursuit of wisdom, just call it out, name it, and let it be part of the decision process. For instance, it could be recognizing that there's something inside of you that wants to have sex with that hot coworker, or to steer into oncoming traffic, or to scream at your referee at the referee at your t- kid's t-ball game, or that you feel really insecure about your job. Just noticing and owning the fact that something is there is a huge part of the battle. Observe it and then call it out. So when you allow any of the dark side stuff to into the decision-making funnel, it's not so that it has a huge influence, but it's to allow yourself to see it, to challenge it, and then make a wise decision. You may not, you may want to have sex with that coworker, but you know what wisdom would say, that all desires are not meant to be fulfilled. Just recognize that this, it is part of you and then make wise choices. Here's the list of possible dark side categories. It's a pretty long list, but here it is. Difficult story themes, your wounds, trauma, abuse, loss and grief, lost dreams, abandonment, alienation, rejections, unfulfilled quests, humiliations, hard knocks, counterfeits or addictions. It could be lies that you believed, mistakes, regrets, foolishness, failures, near misses, consequences, penalties, unexamined stuff, hidden secrets, forgetting who you are, uncertainty, fears, anxiety, insecurities, taboos, shame, distortions, meaninglessness, boredom, self-doubt, doubts, questions, ambiguity, confusion, unanswered questions, chaos, mystery, the unknown, things that are out of control, the desire to control or manage, attachment to outcome, panic, no boundaries, discomfort, exposure to fear, things that really stretch you, limitations, disabilities, challenges, weaknesses, enemies, disease, privilege, prejudices, restrictions, mental illness, chemical imbalances, family of origin crap, inner demons, shadow self, violence, abusive tendencies, monstrous capabilities, evil thoughts, immoral ideas and desires, lust, 
sin, ruminating thoughts, compulsivity, impulsivity, neediness, need for validation, reactivity, feeling like a fraud, fantasies, void, emptiness, death, desert, wilderness, the dark night of the soul, obstacles, excuses, are just a few things that could be included in the dark side for consideration. Told you that's a good long list. Now on to the decision-making funnel. The final step with internal processes is to funnel all your good internal information to make good, wise decisions. Intentional decisions come from your wisdom as your mind processes your internal resources to determine the best action for the best outcome. To have an integrated and intentional life, you must choose everything. What you do, what you eat, what you say, everything. You create the life you want by choice. Choose what you do, where you set your personal boundaries, what you believe in, how you want your life to go, the works, even truth. If you have the power to create the life you want, your choices make that life happen. You always have a choice with everything. Externally referenced men have a difficult time with choice. The word decide explains some of the angst. I'm not sure where he heard it, but my friend Danny Boward pointed out to me that decide ends with side, the same ending as suicide or genocide. When you decide something, something dies. All other options die. So I decide to choose one woman, my options with other women die. I choose one career path, and for now, other career options die. Life is uncertain, therefore, deciding requires courage. Masculinity, by definition, moves, chooses, and leads. Masculinity is action and intent. The masculine decides to do and say the right thing. A man chooses and lives with his decisions with strength and honor. An internally referenced man moves and chooses from his deep internal realities with wisdom. Our goal is to be integrated where all our internal resources are working together to guide us into wisdom. But often, life will, will bring times of confusion and uncertainty. Sometimes we will experience a shame grenade which disintegrates and blows all our resources away so we cannot hear them. You know that feeling when you're giving a speech and you stumble with your words or say something, or something happens, you'll get caught in mouth, you stammer, you entirely forget what you're going to say. That's disintegration. You no longer have access to anything and you lock up. When this happens, you must gather your resources back. Just take a breath, ask for a drink, a stiff drink, take a time out, and then check in and remember, I've got this. Choosing answers the question, where am I going? What do I want to accomplish? What is the best time thing to do right now or to say right now? A man lives life on purpose. Most of us have lost connection with our ability to choose and lead because we've lost touch with what we want. 
We are more concerned with pleasing others, what my boss wants, what would make my wife happy, or what is expected of me. But you are responsible for your sense of well-being. During the decision-making process, it's important to be aware of the shadow self. The shadow self will try to hijack your decisions. You will end up making decisions out of fear or confusion. Take your time. Build awareness and attend to whatever it is that you're afraid of and confused about. The more you recognize the shadow self, the less it will interfere. There's always two options. Do the right thing or say the right thing. The most powerful parts of a man come with these two moves, presence and voice. When we are externally referenced, we have no choice. We have no will. We have no intent. Procrastination takes over and we lose our personal power. Being a powerful man requires being present and speaking clearly. Choosing requires that I know what I want. Externally referenced people don't even ask themselves, what do I want? To live from the inside out, you must know what you want. When you begin to choose, you will finally be able to lead your own life in freedom. Listening to your internal resources will help you find wisdom. Freedom is the end game with the solid man process and the ultimate goal of the internally referenced life. As a masculine virtue, freedom is essential in the life of every man. Freedom is the ability to act freely, doing and living as you want, without undue restraints or restrictions. Freedom is creating the life that you want, leading your own life, and expanding into multiple arenas of presence. Choosing is the expression of freedom and will keep you on the road of the internally referenced life. Every choice comes from the internal process of asking yourself what you want or what is right. It requires awareness and consciousness of of what is happening in your internal world. It requires that you're in touch with your identity, emotions, desires, well-being, and interaction with your environment. And remember, you always have a choice. So the choice directive, listen and gather wisdom from your core resources, and then choose the best course of action with wisdom and courage. So the question is, how have you been reluctant to make decisions? What would help you to have more courage to choose? How could you become more responsible for choosing your own sense of well-being? What is your plan to become more proficient at living, mastering the art of living from the inside out? And list five things that you could do today to begin living from the inside out. The conclusion. In part one, we identified the source of the problems that men face today as an internally I'm sorry, an externally referenced life. The externally referenced life exists when a man's identity and worthiness are defined by external categories and when he is driven or motivated by what would make others happy, what others want, or what others expect from him. The solid man process is here to reclaim that presence for you and all other men, This process begins with the solution of shifting the reference of your life from external to internal. Part 1 identified the ways that men are externally referenced. Part 2 shows the pathway to becoming internally referenced, to awaken your deep internal life by listening to your internal resources.
Awakening your internal life is the pathway into personal freedom. Freedom is developed as a man moves from being enslaved to the ex- expectations of other others to living a life of listening to and moving from his internal core. The internally referenced life exists when a person is defined and driven. Let me say that all over again. The internally referenced life exists when a person is defined and driven from internal resources that exist within that person's being or core. The definition, value, worthiness, and acceptance of that person comes from the truth about who he is as an individual with precise characteristics and personality. Dignity dignity and value exist for every person, and worthiness exists inherently in every man. The drivers or motivation comes from the good internal resources that are designed to guide and lead as a man moves through life. Internals guide a man well as he creates good, wise choices in life. This is what wisdom is all about, making good choices so everyone can thrive. Wisdom is seeking the best possible outcome in life. A man's internal resources guide him to those good choices. All the components of a man's heart are there for him to listen to and to follow in real-time presence. Your internal resources will always guide you well. So now, go master the art of living from the inside out. So here's just kind of an overview of the concepts. This is the, the epilogue, so to speak. So the outcomes and goals, so the primary outcomes of listening to your internal resources are wisdom, that was optimum judgment for optimum action, freedom, that's unapologetically being who you are and moving with intention, and then mastery, being good at being a man. The secondary outcomes are healthy relationships, valuable experiences, safe environment, expansive lifestyle, influential leadership, creating the life that you want, um, increased personal power, solidness, masculine presence, life purpose, life balance, full integration of self, and confidence. The primary goal is integration, as working all of your internal resources working together as one solid unit to provide you with the best information that you can receive at any given time. The prime out- obstacle that we face is the shame grenade or disintegration. It's a, or even a perpetual state of disintegration where all your internal resources are blown to bits and you're lost in a mass of confusion and chaos. We all know what that feels like. It's either in a perpetual state of disintegration or a short period in which you consciously gather your internal resources back one by one. The practices are remembering, remembering that you have what it takes, you are more than enough, Remember that you're not broken and that you can live in freedom. The practice of checking in. I've said that all the time. Checking in is easily the most important thing. Notice what's going on in your internal world, both external and internal. Check in with yourself often and stay awake and conscious. Um, It's seeking wisdom is the third one. In everything you do, take the time to gather wisdom in your life so you can determine the most optimum path in your life. Seek wisdom in everything you do, and I'm just telling you, your wisdom comes 
so much from your internal resources. They really speak clearly with that. Four, live with an open heart. Um, Living with an open heart as much as possible. Listen to your internal resources as much as you can and allow them to guide your interactions and decisions. And then there was the directive. So the shadow self directive, stay conscious and aware of how the shadow self comes alive in your life. When it raises its ugly head, notice it and then regroup. The wisdom directive, seek the optimum action for every decision in your life. The mind directive, Use your mind to gather information and to discern your optimum action. Mm -hmm. The core directive, Mm -hmm. always live with conscious open heart from your core by listening to all your internal resources. The choice directive, first listen and gather, sorry, first listen and gather wisdom from your core resources, then choose your best course, course of action with wisdom and courage. So all the internal resources, there's the heart, that's that which moves, the soul, that which doesn't move, the mind, that which notices, strength, that which has power, the laws and responsibilities, that which is chosen, and the dark side, that which is hidden. So the heart, that which is moved, is your intuitive, your gut, your humor, your instinctive your passion, your emotions, desires, wants, your well-being, love, compassion, empathy, and sacrifice, your spirit, faith, beliefs, worship, connection with the divine or transcendence, your humor, laughter, fun, enjoyment, and gratitude, your soul, that which doesn't move, includes parts like your identity, your personality, personal value and worth, confidence, Intention or volition, your will, your choice, your common sense, discernment, your decision-making, your purpose, your calling, interests, pursuits, and vocation, your motivation, drive, your priorities, and initiative, your character, your moral compass, discipline, values, conscience, boundaries, your integrity, your integration, your wholeness, your internal structure, your mind, that's part of that which notices your intelligence, logic, understanding, imagination, creativity, worries, ideas, vision, goals, interpretation, your narrative, the story you're telling yourself, worldview, your memory, your anxieties, triggers, your history, consciousness, attention, focus, awareness, awareness of your environment or contexts, category of strength, that which has power, your authority, mastery, skill, competence, and command, your influence, voice, presence, leadership, and collaboration, your body, your instinctive, your senses, nerves, muscles, well-being, sexuality, your sexual energy, your sex drive, relational connection, intimacy, vulnerability, and reproduction, energy, pace, capability, skills, powers, confidence, your frame, your posture, your physical presence, and your courage. Then there's the laws and responsibility, that which is chosen. The laws are the natural laws, moral laws, civil laws, religious laws that we choose. Responsibilities, family, marriage, work, school, certain limitations that we've chosen. The dark side is that which is hidden. Our secrets, our uncertainties, fears, self-protection, difficult experiences, wounds, and traumas, 
addictions, mistakes, limitations, the shadow self, and the void. So if you you just hear me reading all that, I just took a ton of time. There is so much inside of you to listen to that gives you so many good things. So then finally, let me read the group presentation questions. And you can come back and do these on your own for sure. And this is the part that you're going to present to all the guys. So wisdom is simply optimum judgment for optimum action. How can you begin to implement the intentional pursuit of wisdom in your life? In what ways do you get stuck in your head or try to figure it out? Or how has your mind tried to be the boss in your life? Of the categories heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is your strongest, which is your weakest? Of all the categories under these four, which are your favorites and which ones are difficult? Of all the laws and responsibilities, which have you chosen and how do they impact your decisions? Of all the dark side categories, which ones hold the most weight in your life? Which ones have you hidden too much? How have you been reluctant to make decisions and what would help you to have the courage to choose? What internal areas in your life could you become more proficient in? And when you most commonly feel disintegration, disintegrated, and when the shame, sorry, when do you feel commonly disintegrated or when the shame grenade hits and it all falls apart? When have you ever experienced that? Share your most profound insights from this lesson and also share four intentional changes that you could make toward becoming more internally directed. I have one book as a resource, uh, Waking the Dead by John Eldridge. This is a book that gives a strong argument from a Christian perspective that your heart is good. And all this category of your internal resources and everything, um, some of us have been taught that your heart is not good. And that's just a really, really big pitfall, which makes it to where, gosh, I can't even trust my internal resources. And that's something you really have to strongly get over. And so, um, guys, go, be strong, and uh, listen to your internal resources. And by all means, stay solid, my friends.